Welcome to Couples Becoming Intentional. I'm Carrie. I am John. And here at Couples Becoming Intentional, we want to equip you with different tools and resources so that you can live intentional lives with those that you love to leave a legacy that lasts. Welcome to this week's episode of Couples Becoming Intentional. Today we're diving into all about handling conflicts. How how do you approach somebody who's wronged you? How do you handle like what is a line between advice or gossip? And how do you like handle all of that when it comes to conflict in your relationships? We did an episode way back in the day called How Americans Fight and How to Fight Fairly. So you can go back and listen to that one because this one's going to take a little bit of a different take. Um, right. That one was more about interpersonal, like uh, husband, wife. Yes. Um, conflict. Mm-hmm. So this one is more like outward of others, of yes. people outside of your house. Mm-hmm. On Yeah. Just like dealing with conflict when it comes to relationships and I said the C word. I'm so sorry. What? Conflict. Oh, yeah. I'm, I typically deal with conflicted version of mm-hmm. if I can get away from conflict as much as possible. Mm-hmm. You will. I will try. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that means shutting down and whatnot. So, or not sharing exactly how you feel, just yeah. lying about it. Mm. Yeah. I'll just call it what it is. If I ignore it enough, it'll just go away. But does it? No. There's more <laughs> conflict. Yes. <laughs> you know, how you perceive things not is not always how it actually is not always re- reality. Mm-hmm. And so we have these, yeah, embedded lies of like, this is how I deal with blank. Mm-hmm. We were talking about this actually at Men's Retreat. Okay. Just like there are these super highways between your, um, in your mind of just like between your, uh, whatever the thing is in the back, your okay. centric, like your emotion or not your emotions. That's the amygdala that's on the sides, but whatever is in the back of like, mm-hmm. it's like a protection kind of okay. thing. And, um, whenever you like something strikes a chord with you mm-hmm. and you're like, I don't know how to process this, this, um, it will come on and say, come and protect you. And mm-hmm. that's where the like anger will come from. Got it. And I'm just like, Oh yeah, <laughs> this explains so much. This explains a lot. And I'm like, it's no wonder Paul calls the church to renew their mind. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, because we all need it. We do. Mm-hmm. We have unhealthy, unbiblical, uh, ways of dealing with conflict, mm-hmm. ways of dealing with just when people, offend us or yeah say something that we don't like or mm-hmm. yeah we just we need to constantly like realize our shortcomings are are where we aren't christ-like mm-hmm. and try to shape those into a way that is more christ-like through the power of the holy spirit right we, yes we in ourselves cannot change and we need the power of the holy spirit to come help us change yeah yeah it's so true this this conversation, there were a couple of things that really like brought this to my heart and mind. Um, there was a disagreement that you and I got in that I felt hurt by, or there was just not alignment for you and I on a particular topic. And I, I can distinctly remember going to a coworker to talk about it, and it had not been resolved between you and I. And 
going to my coworker and venting and just sharing like how I was feeling. Again, let me preface. I had not talked about this with John. Um, so there was not, there was still like strife and anger between John and I, and I went to somebody else to talk about this on behalf of Carrie. I, I wasn't, yes, really you weren't even, you weren't even aware of what was happening. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I think that's a key thing of, I chose to rather than actually come to you and talk to you about the situation, I chose, it was easier for me avoiding conflict to go seek quote advice from my coworker. Um, about the particular situation. And I remember like when the words came out of my mouth, I like knew that I had hurt you because I was going behind your back and talking to somebody and trying to get advice or vent about a situation that I had not resolved with you. And I was sharing this with my life group and I said that I had not handled this in a biblical way, in a Matthew 18 way. And we'll dive into that in just a minute. And one of the people in our life group was shocked. Like they had not heard that there is actually a biblical way to handle conflict. And I was like, oh my goodness, is this not something that I'm sure there are tons of people who do know this, but I saw it just within that for that situation that happened that like how quickly we can revert back to not dealing with conflict head on or not dealing with it in a loving and truth filled way and in stuffing it avoiding it because in the short term, it's easier to do that. But in the long term, it ends up most of the time destroying relationships because you're dealing with bitterness and they don't even know. Mm. So, yeah. And then our this was a, a part of the topic of our sermon from la- this last week as we we're studying more into the book of Galatians. And so I was like, okay, maybe <laughs> I'm, I hear you, Lord. <laughs> Let's let's dive into this a little bit more. Uh, do you want to read Matthew 18, John? Sure. Um, Logos does this beautiful thing of mm-hmm. if you say, I want one, pe- like open it in one of the tabs, uh-huh. it will automatically sync for the rest of them. So I have three ver- Bible versions. Oh, okay. I get what you're saying. And then I have like three, four commentaries five, five commentaries okay. all in, all on it that's awesome so that you can like okay what do they say yeah like one of these is like super um i wouldn't say old but like well it is kind of old it's like 1700 and <laughs> so they like speak in the doths and thous oh, yes and just mm-hmm. like okay that that's fun mm-hmm. all right i matthew 18 15 15 20 yes now, if your brother sins against you, go correct him between him, you and him alone. If he listens to you, you have gained your brother. But if he does not listen, take with you in addition one or two others, so that by the testimony of two or three witnesses, every matter may be established. And if he refuses to listen to them, tell it to the church. But if if he refuses to listen to the church also, let him be to you as a Gentile and a tax collector. Truly I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you release on earth will be released in heaven. Again, truly I say to you that if two of you agree on, on earth about any matter that they ask, it will be done for them from the Father, from my Father who is in heaven. For where two or three are gathered in my name, I am there in the midst of them. So right away in this first 
part, this is something I always go back to when, or I need to be reminded of when I'm in situations like this, um, go and point out, I have the NIV version, but go and point out their fault just between the two of you. And like we had talked about in previous episodes about doing that with truth and love with Mm. the four levels of relating, um, not just truth, not just love and like washing it away, but both and going to it just between the two of you. And I think that's something we miss a lot because it's so much easier to go vent to my spouse about a friend situation I'm going, I have going on than to coworker about a different coworker. And you just start to slowly but surely create a really unhealthy relationship and a toxic environment for people who are with you. And like what we had talked about in developing trust, what you say against people, people will more than likely say against you. So what kind of trust are you actually building in these relationships if you're not handling conflict in a way that's actually loving and truthful? Um, one of the things that our pastor had said is like, just as a frame of reference, he says, if I am tempted to go talk or like to tell somebody about a situation three times, like three different people, then I know like that's a red flag for me that I need to actually go and talk to this person because it did actually hurt me. Like if you're going on and explaining a situation that happened to three different people, there's probably hurt there and you probably need to either seek forgiveness, um, confront in a loving and truthful way, and then actually go to them rather than continuing on the cycle and just trying to stuff it down. I noticed that like Jesus loves to work in threes. Mm-hmm. And so first he says between you and them, if they don't listen, bring two or three witnesses. Yep. So three, there's another three. Um, I think right in Ecclesiastes that a, a, a cord of three will not be easily bo- uh, broken. Um, and then he says, if they don't listen to those witnesses, not just like people that are on your side, it has to be bipartisan or non-biased people that saw what actually happened, mm-hmm. which can be difficult. Cause like usually when there's conflict, it's not usually done in the midst of like other people, other people. Mm-hmm. And so that may look like you explain your side, but then have the other person explain their side to another, like Mm -hmm. another person and then come together. Mm -hmm. Counselees, counselors are a great like resource in this aspect. Um, Pastors, if they have the time, if they have the bandwidth, because they are overworked. (laughs) They don't always like that's, it is part of their job to reconcile people. Uh, It doesn't mean they always have the, Mm -hmm. the time to do it. Um, and then it, then it says go to the church of just like, okay, now they're really not listening. They've heard ev- like the arg- your side of the argument. You've clarified everything that you need, clarified your side of the, um, of the argument. Then you go to the church and you say, okay, this person in our congregation, like I, I don't know how this actually would work because we don't see this often. No, um, how how it has worked or how I've seen it is when a congregation member has has been confronted about something but does not see anything wrong with the particular way that they're living or the particular sin that they're deeming as okay. And then two or three more witnesses have stepped in and still don't see a problem. And then the church comes in as in like leadership of the church. 
saying, hey, this is something that if you're going to be up in this sort of position at our church or um, whatever type of situation, um, abide by this or don't. And that means that you would then need to leave. Um, so we've we've had that happen um, with particular people in our church. And, and, and this is always the hard thing is that immediately you could sense, not maybe not sense, but like if I was in that position, I would be so hurt and so upset. Yet it's the most loving thing that we can do mm-hmm. because we are handling things in a Christ-like and a biblical way because we want that person to be restored. And the only way for them to truly be restored is with Jesus. And at that point in time, you're choosing that my sin is more important than restoration. And that that's something that does need to be dealt with when it comes to leadership within a church. The heart behind the I'm on podcast is storytelling because every mom has a story to tell. I know that when I talk to my friends who are parenting and we share stories, we all end up feeling less alone and more capable of loving our kids well. You can find information everywhere on the internet. Some is bad parenting advice and some is pretty wise. We like to think there's a lot of wisdom on imom.com. And when you combine that signature wisdom with a great story, it brings parenting to life. We want a mom who's listening to see herself and her kids in these stories and rest in the confidence that she is the perfect mom for her kids. Check out the iMom podcast with new episodes every Monday. Yeah, I suppose you you do see it in those like, oh, when like a pastor has to step down. It's mm-hmm. like, that's how it, yeah. I have seen it, I suppose, yeah. <laughs> um, I just... I was reading through my notes today, trying to find a different note, Mm -hmm. but I came across uh, a conference I went to in 2020. Okay. Before everything shut down. Yeah. Because that happened in 2020. (laughs) And uh, it's the title of it was When Conflict Erodes Your Happily Ever After. (laughs) I was just like, oh, right. Like, I mean, that's more of a just like interpersonal, but it, it was like a lot of good stuff. Well, maybe we'll have to talk about that eventually. <laughs> um, so then what else do we see in Matthew 18? Let me go back to my Bible. Right, We so the three levels, and then, yeah, right, like if he refuses to listen to the church, let him be to you as a Gentile and tax collector. So the people that, these these were like, it's an idiom mm-hmm. that uh, Jesus is using here. It's like people that are not Christ, uh, God fears, like people that are not, they're essentially, they're not living out their faith. Uh, people that are in it for themselves, doing their own thing, and therefore we need to love them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um, you have told them the truth. Mm-hmm. They did not listen to the truth. And so now we need to, okay. If you're not going to listen to the truth, here is love. Like, we're going to love you through this. And hopefully, maybe we can get to a reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's always the goal. Right. Reconciliation. Restoration. Restoration. Mm-hmm. Reconciliation. Mm-hmm. Restitution. <laughs> Re-everything. Re <laughs> Re. <laughs> um, and then, I don't, then, of course, Jesus, like, 
you're like, okay, yay, Jesus, I get this. And mm-hmm. then he goes on his like, let's make a parable out of this. Yeah. And then you're like, I am lost. <laughs> so like this, again, let me tell you the truth. If two of you come to me, come to an agreement on earth about any matter that you want to ask, it will be done for you. Wait, no. Ah, I skipped a verse. I'm telling you the truth. Whatever you tie up on earth, you will have tied up in heaven. And whatever you untie on earth, that has been, will be, well, will have been untied in heaven. It's just like, yeah, totally. That makes (laughs) no sense. Um, It's okay. It is okay for you to read something in the Bible and realize I don't understand what it's mm-hmm. what he's saying. If you get like the majority of it, what you're saying, like okay, awesome. For those one verses in there that just like okay, Jesus, what are you trying to say? It is okay to go to a commentary. Mm-hmm. Not every pastor knows what the Bible says mm-hmm. when they do it. The reason that they can give a sermon on a text is because they've been studying it week in week out for the last like right. week or two, mm-hmm. um, and so they come to you with their best educated guess because they've been studying it. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Not everybody knows everything what the Bible actually yeah. wants, like the true meaning of what the Bible is trying to get to. So what does it mean to bind? Let's see. Um, where am I? Matthew 18. Eight, 18. 18. 18. 18. 18. Whatever you bind on earth, see sixteen nineteen and note. What's the note? Let's go back to sixteen nineteen. Binding and rele- releasing may refer to what Peter and the church leaders prohibit, bind, or permit, release. This seems to indicate that the church and its leadership are given authority to carry out God's will and to oppose the powers of evil. Huh. That makes total sense now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. Okay, so like sixteen nineteen, that's like where it made me jump back to. That's when like Jesus gives the key keys of the kingdom of heaven to Peter to say like you are now the leader of it. Mm-hmm. It's like whatever you bind, whatever you release. And so it's like, oh, he's giving him authority. Mm-hmm. He's giving him the like, okay, if this is going to benefit the church then let it be so. If it's not going to benefit the church, then just release it. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus is like giving authority to people, mm-hmm. which is like, wait, I thought Jesus had all authority. No. Yeah. He's sharing the power. Yeah. He's sharing his own power. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, wow. <laughs> There's so many different things that we could go into. Really, Yeah. Re- releasing of our own power is so big. Yeah. Anything, anything else? I mean, we're at... Let's move on to the the last two verses as we wrap up. Again, truly, I tell you that if two of you on earth agree about anything, they ask for it, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. For where two or more gather in my name, there am I with them. I feel like this can be taken out of context and be like, does. okay, my spouse and I prayed about something. It has to come true, which is... Not, not good. <laughs> right. Like any, like any verse, there's a context behind it. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, if what you're binding on earth is actually like a biblical command 
or and then if it's not like then you release it and so if if you are in the um in the realm of biblical christianity and you are living out being like christ living in the name of christ like having the character of christ on you then then you will ask only things for the kingdom of God, not necessarily for selfish, selfish amb- ambition. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's so easy to just like, oh, I read a verse and you're like, oh, right. Like if I, if I just proclaim Jesus's name, then mm-hmm. therefore I can get whatever I want. Right. It doesn't work that way. No, no, there's, um, it's going to, if you're, in Jesus, you are going to be loving God and loving others, and the self slowly like fades out of you, mm-hmm. and you're not going to be asking for selfish desires. And I I love it when it this verse specifically comes right after like talking about conflict, where ultimately within our relationships we desire restoration. We desire to handle things in a truthful, loving way to restore people to look more like Jesus, to bring people into the kingdom. That's what our desire is. So when our hearts are in alignment with that, we we can, we have access to the Father to be able to ask for whatever, for whatever our, maybe not necessarily our fleshly heart, but our heart that is in alignment to say, Lord, I desire reconciliation. I desire for this relationship to be restored. I desire for this conflict to be put at bay and Lord, give me the courage and the confidence to be able to handle this in a way that is truthful and loving rather than feeling like that's too much. Like I I can't do that. Well, the fact of the matter is you can't, but God can. And I feel like that's really cliche, but you said it so beautifully in the beginning of like through the power of the Holy Spirit, like we are able to do this, not in our own strength, but ultimately in the strength that comes from Jesus. Mm, So true. Through the power of the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm reading further down in some like commentaries. And he says, um, at the point where it says, if he refuses to listen, he's like, the, this commentary is by Faith Life. And they're like, reconciliation is the goal of Jesus's instruction. Mm-hmm. The entire assembly must try to bring the straying brother or sister back to the fold. Mm-hmm. Isn't that one of Jesus' parables? Yeah. Of that, like... Jesus will seek out that lost one. Mm-hmm. And how does he do that? Through the church. Yeah. It's like, yes, there are those miracle stories of just like, I was awakened and just like, I right. had a dream and mm-hmm. I like, I knew I needed to go back to the church. Mm-hmm. That's not always how God works. Yeah. It's usually he works through people mm-hmm. who are living in according to his will. Mm-hmm. And it's, so if we can be Jesus to people, mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, being Jesus, it's, uh, it reminded me of a story of, uh, one of our pastors was telling me this story of just like, he's like, he was at a conference and they're like, you can be G- Jesus with flesh on. He's like, wait, Jesus is still human. He has flesh. <laughs> and it's like, well, the premise is like yes. we're like we're being Jesus to people, mm-hmm. um, where he is in heaven with God. We are still here on this earth, and that is our vocation. That is mm-hmm. what we are as Christians mm. to be Jesus to right. others. Mm. So all that to say, <laughs> in this whole conversation, when when not if when conflict arises, 
we encourage you to go back to Matthew 18 to first pray, to seek the Lord, to seek what you take 100% ownership of, of the conflict, not necessarily you taking everything as your fault, but what part of that can you own 100% of? Because there's always two parties involved. And then being able to have a good, truthful, loving conversation with that person rather than, well, I'm just getting advice on how to handle this. Is your heart posture that you want advice or is your heart posture I actually want to gossip about this? Because that's not that's not the intent. So we we pray that this conversation bless you and that when you are in the midst of conflict in your relationships that you'll go back to Matthew 18 and develop a heart and a mindset of restoration for the advancing of God's kingdom. I just love some old, how old people, old, older (laughs) generations can sometimes put it. I was just like, they put it in such elegance, but like so simply. What'd they say? Okay. So this is just a commentary. Like this guy, apparently was just end of his, like, this is usually how it goes. It's like when a guy does it, it's at the end of his life. He has oh. so much like wisdom that mm-hmm. he's just like, okay, I'm going to bu- do a commentary on the whole Bible. So this is Matthew's, Henry's concise commentary on the Bible. Um, he says, if a professed Christian is wronged by another, he ought not to complain of it to others, as is often done merely upon report. But to go to the offender privately, state the matter kindly, and show him his conduct. This would generally have all the desired effect with a true Christian, and the parties would be reconciled. Mm. The the principles of these rules may be practiced everywhere and under all circumstances, though they they are too much neglected by all. But how few try the method which Christ has expressly enjoined to all his disciples. In all our proceedings, we should seek direction in prayer. We cannot too highly prize the promises of God. Wherever and whenever we meet in the name of Christ, we should consider him as present in the midst of us. Mm, That's good. Beautiful to end on. Yep. We'll see you guys in the next one. See you. Bye. Thanks for listening to another episode of Couples Becoming Intentional. As always, if you have a question that you would like us to answer here on the podcast, you can go ahead and send us an email at jcvhouse at gmail.com or you can send me a DM over on Instagram at Carrie Daco. We'd love to be able to answer and feature you on here on the podcast. And as always, if there is somebody in your life who would benefit from this episode, feel free to go ahead and send them the link. And if you love this content, we'd love to be able to hear from you. So go ahead and leave us a review over on Apple Podcast. Until next time, we love you and we appreciate you. See you guys. Bye.